0: This is live coverage of the 2021 Steelers minicamp, live from Heinz Field, on your 24/7 home for the Steelers, SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. We are back.
1: I'm Dale Lolly here with Matt Williamson. We're taking it on home here with the coverage. From Heinz Field, uh, Steelers mini camp. It's uh, been a great week. It's been a great week. We've weather had was awesome too. Live right shows there. all week. The weather was really cooperative. Yeah, I uh, mentioned
2: early in, the year, early in the week. Like I actually got to see people playing football, you know, live in, in the same area, not on TV or a screen or anything. It was
1: great. <laughs> <laughs> we were in the you know in the press box. You could get down in the stands and watch. It was great, mm-hmm. fantastic. Uh, Mike Tomlin spoke to the media today after wrapping things up. Uh, for the Steelers, they finished practicing around 12:30 today, uh, sending them off uh, for many uh, for the end of minicamp. Uh, let's hear what Mike Tomlin had to say after after practice today.
3: Just what's been a good week of work for us, um, hitting a lot of areas all week, some situational ball, really just putting the putting the finishing touches on what's been a highly productive all season for us. And now, you know, the real work begins as we step away. And I think that's the thought that I left the players with. Um, we have to come into training camp, a highly conditioned group ready for work. And I like the overall trajectory of the group. Uh, we finished today with an emphasis on young guys, just really focusing on providing reps for those guys as added opportunities to learn in detail and detail and gain understanding. And so um, I'm excited about as we move away, uh, the prospects of this group coming back to us and beginning the training camp process here in a month or so. I'll pause and open it up for questions. Jim Colony.
1: Yeah, Mike, there was uh, some spirited punting competition, and uh, the players were getting into it. Were the, some of the vets a little rough on the rookie punter?
3: No, no, that was just uh, their way of encouraging. Uh, you know, we got to create adversity for guys so we get to know them. And, and and that's part of our approach in terms of creating competition and, and having fun with it. Uh, we want to create some adversity so guys have an opportunity to shine. Brooke R-
1: I was also going to ask about the spirited punting competition, but looking at the young guys as a whole, do you feel like they got out of this process what you needed them to?
3: You know, we we kind of measure these processes on, on performance. And so it's stay tuned. Hopefully we're setting guys up and put them in position to have the, the type of impact that we need them to have and they desire to have. But I never really kind of measure or evaluate this component of the calendar until I assess 2021. So stay tuned. I do take good notes. I do like some of the things that we're able to get done, uh, but largely I'll reserve any judgment uh, until I look at the journey. Joe Rudder. Yeah, Mike, uh, since we talked the other day, NFL came out with a new COVID policy for training camp and beyond. What Have you had a chance to see that? And what are your thoughts on what the NFL is? I have seen it. I've actually read it in great detail. I, I really don't have any thoughts. You know, thoughts are a waste of time for me. Um, I'm gonna do like we've always done, and and that's adhere to the protocol to, the, to the to the letter. And um, our team's gonna have the same mentality. Uh, we're not gonna allow it to become a distraction or a discussion. It simply is what it is, and um, and we'll deal with it. Mike Pursuta. Mike, what's your best case scenario for training camp in terms of when and where, and uh, what you may or may not be able to do? You know, I don't necessarily have the answer to that. I, I know I got some uh, I got some calendars on my desk. So I'm ready for whatever. Uh, but we haven't received any official word on on some of the details regarding training camp and things. As you asked, uh, rest assured, regardless of, of where we are and when we are, that um, we'll be ready. Dale Wally? Yeah, on
1: that same note, Mike, do you have an expectation of a timetable on when the league might get back to you? Um, <laughs> yeah, I had
3: it, I had an expectation. I thought I would know by now, <laughs> but Cowboys you know, yeah. found out
1: earlier this week that they're going to be allowed to go go away.
3: Hey, hey, we don't always get what we want, as we know when you're dealing with policy and, and global decision making and things of that nature. Um, I had hoped to to get some clarity prior to now, um, but I hadn't. Josh Roundtree.
0: Hey Mike, uh, Matt Canada mentioned a couple of days ago that there was, as he put it, a charge from Mr. Rooney for the offense to be more physical. Is it possible for an offense to get more physical in a setting like this? How do you create that? or is that something that truly just has to wait until pads go on at training camp?
3: No, with it with everything that we do, we have an opportunity to build and develop our personality, not only through physical labor but but mental approach. And so although we're not carrying pads, yes, um, we are laying the foundation uh, for that agenda. Chris Carter. You know, you talk about the young guys and embracing the challenges right now. Pat Fryer, moved working with a veteran like Eric Ebron, what have you seen just in their relationship and how he's approached the opportunities he's gotten here so far? You know, I don't know anything about relationships with Ebron, to be honest with you. I just see Pat out there working his tail off and making plays and, and having a good offseason. I'm excited about that. Final one, Ray Filippo.
0: Uh, hi, Mike, non-football question for you. What do you think about um, Dune teams becoming a federal holiday?
3: You know, I hadn't thought a lot about it, uh, to be honest with you. I don't know that I've educated myself enough to have an opinion or the no fine details of the discussion.
1: That was Mike Tomlin with the media earlier today, wrapping up uh, his mini camp at Heinz uh, Field. You heard a lot uh, there. The, uh, the 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 punning competition between Jordan Berry, yeah,
2: kind of explained this off the air and, and Presley
1: Harvin. Uh, they basically what they did uh, was have all the players, everybody else kind of stopped. They had the, a line there, mm-hmm. um, and they snapped them the football, and they both just basically kicked kick it as far as you can. Or Danny Smith told them. You know, we want this one angled to the left. We want okay. this one angled okay. to the right. Just to put a little pressure on them. Everybody's watching. Everybody's watching. And they, they do that with kickers a
2: lot. Yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah. And, you know, everyone has to run laps if you miss. Or, yeah, you know, just creating a, line, a little competition.
1: Right. A lot of times, you know, Bill Cowher and Mike Tomlin, will they'll tell, you know, whoever the kicker is, hey, they'll, they'll have a little kicking thing, and then they'll put them back for like a 55-yarder. You make this this kick practice is over, right, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, everyone
2: gets to go home, and right. then now the
1: right. pressure's on because if you miss sure. it, everybody else is ticked at you. The like, big, hey, strong you could dudes end this. Yeah, happy with you, right? <laughs> <laughs> but in this case, it was you know, guys, all the players were watching and kind of uh, giving words of encouragement or giving it to them if they didn't hit a good one, that okay. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was interesting, and oh, um, I bet. both guys uh, kicked the ball pretty well. It's uh, it's. You know, we we talked to Danny Smith yesterday, this the special teams coach, and he was talking about how Harvin um, was not the full time holder at Georgia Tech.
2: Mm, I didn't is, even look into that, which okay. is kind
1: of strange. I, it I guess is a little strange. Georgia Tech had two different place kickers at each used. one had their own guy. Each one had their own guy. Okay. So Harvin did some holding at Georgia Tech, but not all of it. So that's been something that he's been working on.
2: Uh, I keep referencing my pit days, but one thing I used to do is I would I would spend some time with the specialists. Like I'd take them down to Heinz Field during practice, things like that. Got to know Andy Lee, who's still in the league. I mean, that's a, the era it was. But it was like that too. I mean, and the and the reasoning is at the college level, in particular, like when I took all the specialists, we'd get a big van. There was like yeah. eight or nine of us. I mean, two. When well, you're not limited and,
1: with your roster, right? Right, you got, you got know, a lot so, of them, and
2: a lot of them are walk-ons. Yeah. you know, so you got plenty of them. But in order for everyone to have some equal practice time, you usually have a couple batteries. You know what I yeah. mean? Or like a pitcher that has his favorite catcher, I'm sure. You know, I mean, so if the, the top unit's practicing all the time, you know, the other kicker is standing around waiting for the, the, the number one holder. He might as well use his number two guy, you know? So that makes right. sense.
1: And you can do it on both ends of the field then. You know, mm-hmm. you can.
2: Right, right, right. You right, guys right. go down
1: and you're kicking that way. We're going to kick this you way. You use this goal post. You yeah.
2: use this one. Right, exactly. You get more done. You know, right when you said that, I thought, "Uh-oh, maybe he's not a good holder." Well, it's probably not the case. I mean, right? I just kind of remembered how colleges do things. You know?
1: Yeah, it's a little different than the, than the NFL. Uh, but you get one punter on your roster at the NFL level. You they get, get along. Yeah, you get one guy, one one long snapper. You know, there's always a quote unquote backup, but mm-hmm. he's a, he's always a position player, uh, and nobody will ever, oh, right. nobody right. will ever forget James Harrison. <laughs> Snapping in two thousand, what was eight or seven, yeah. seven,
2: eight, eight. I they, wonder if you know you, you mentioned you know you've been doing a lot of camps. Maybe since the Daniel Sepulveda days, will we be talking more about punters this camp than ever? I mean, I think it's going to be a topic. He doesn't look like the average punter. He's a big, heavy guy. He's very, very powerful. Um, he stands out, you know, to say the least. Yeah. And you know, or it doesn't
1: stand out, which is more even Remarkable, better. yeah, maybe
2: yeah, even better. And you know, obviously, they used the draft pick on him. And the, this draft wasn't super deep, so I really condone – we saw a little bit more of that in the 6th and 7th rounds this year than usual. So I, I think it's a good move and it could save you a little bit of cap space. Maybe you have this guy for the next 10 years.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's what you're hoping for there. I mean, he led the NCAA in punting last year, 48 mm-hmm. yards a kick. Now, yeah. yes, that's at Georgia Tech.
2: Sure. I mean, there's a, it's not in the Northeast or, yeah. yeah. Right.
1: So that's going to be, you know, always the question that you have with with a mm-hmm. guy coming, you know, from that kind of environment. Can he kick and? Weather conditions, not as big a
2: deal for a punter as it is a kicker, though. Right, right. You know, leg strength is leg strength. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, accuracy is important, but it's not the only thing. Like you know, in, in field goal kicking,
1: how much how much of a de- big deal is that holding part of the equation?
2: Big. I hadn't thought of this till just a second, but I hope he you know can handle a very cold ball as a yeah. you know getting it down right. I mean, those balls. When they're frozen, they're like a brick coming at you. I mean, they are not easy to handle. They do have the kicking handle. balls
1: now that they like, yeah. keep over in the sideline, but they're because still they coming they're back warm. out. And, you right, know, wet or yeah. you know,
2: whatever it is, too. Um, you know, you, I, I have no idea if he's a good or bad athlete. I think he did pretty well. To, uh, I think he's a pretty good day. athlete,
1: yeah. I mean, they had him throw, you know, throw passes a couple of mm-hmm. times and do things of that nature. I know everybody's fired up. Well, he threw up, you know threw passes in, in college games, yeah. so he's probably done it, you know, 100 times in practice. But, but
2: I want my punter to be a pretty athletic guy. Yeah. Holder, to be a holder, you have to be have a good yeah. hands. you got to adjust to bad snaps as a punter. That's a far way for the snap to come. It certainly for trick plays and things like that, it's useful. I don't care if my kicker can do it. The athleticism at of
1: that position, of the holding position, is why uh, they used to put quarterbacks.
2: Yeah, Tony Romo and the yeah. yeah, guys got their start doing that. Because right. those
1: guys have good hands.
2: And hand-eye coordination. Yeah. And get it that, right, exactly.
1: Um, but so it is important. Yeah, it, it's very important. So that's something that uh, we'll be keeping an eye on once they get to training camp. That will be uh, under the microscope even more than than it has been.
2: Maybe I'll pay a little more attention to that because, you know, we, we opened this segment talking about how, you know, he he split time as a holder at Georgia Tech. I wonder, you know, is Boz going to say, I want to do 50 percent with this guy, 50 percent with this guy or, you know, are they, is Danny Smith going to make sure they do or. Maybe that's how we'll know who's winning the competition by the third game or so. Is All right, right, Who's holding? Who's holding? Yeah. Right. 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 And, and when not necessarily who's punting? What who's they'll holding.
1: probably do is split things up by half. Okay. You know, uh, I'm was okay. more concerned by
2: practice. Yeah. Who's spend the most time holding in practice? Well, I would think for that balls. in
1: that situation, you would give the young guy more opportunities because he hope. just hasn't done it. And Barry and Boswell, as we saw last year when when they cut Barry mm-hmm. at the end of training camp and brought in uh, Dustin Colquitt. Uh, Then they sign him back after a few weeks, and they're right back to, you know, they've done it before a million times. It's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, the new guy has to get acclimated to that. Mm
2: -hmm. And and not to pull back any curtains, but, I mean – People should realize there aren't fair competitions in the NFL. No, the Steelers want the new guy to win it. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's why he They've got
1: him. monetary reasons to do it. They've sure. got age reasons to age, do it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's, um, I mean,
2: any tie is going to go to him. Right, 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 yeah, right.
1: It can't be a tie if Barry wants to keep the job.
2: No, he's going to have to clearly win the job. Yeah, right. It's tough.
1: It is tough, and that that will be just one of many battles that we're going to see at training mm-hmm. camp. We we talked uh, a lot yesterday about the uh, the nickel corner spot. Bottom how that's going to break interesting.
2: out. Yeah, it, yeah, it's
1: more so than maybe a, a lot of other years.
2: Absolutely. You know, who's that last outside linebacker? That last safety, nickel corner you mentioned. Some inside linebacker stuff needs to shake out. Um I didn't foresee them drafting a defensive lineman but they did. So there might be one more one more body a, there than Yeah, they that's keep. a that's a, right. a battle that you right, right.
1: didn't necessarily expect. So yeah, Absolutely. Especially yeah, on defense. Yeah, there's a lot there and you know, these are going to be uh you know, everybody's concerned about depth. Depth, 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 depth. Yeah. I don't know of any team in the league necessarily that has great depth across no, the board. Nobody has great depth across the board.
2: This is going to be something I say all the time up until preseason: is teams might have better depth than we think because we don't know how. Right. You know, McFarland and you know, some of these late round picks the teams liked we never got to see. We never got to see Jordan Love, first round pick. You know, I mean, yeah. some of these teams might trust, especially late round picks, more than we realize. And they'll become more household names, or starters, or clear number twos. Well, I think know, it goes. It comes back there.
1: to to one of the things that you always say: that that teams tell you what they think, right, based on their off season moves. So Steelers maybe might the Steelers think they have a yeah. slot corner, or you know yeah. what I mean. They right. may feel a little bit better about their depth than maybe the the, mm. the public perception is.
2: Even a Cassius Marsh. I mean, I know that he has a resume, but he wasn't here long. I mean, yeah. they may look at. They were pretty quick to resign him. they may think this guy can play snaps. I got no reservations about that whatsoever, where some people in Steward Nation are like, boy, those 11 snaps I saw were bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, come
1: on. Yeah. 11 snaps <laughs> with this third team after a week of practice. Like, oh, that was awful. <laughs> right. Just he so can't good. play. He can't keep him back. Yeah, can't right. play at all. Right. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, now if we see, and this would be the time when we, when we start, you know, you'll start to see it. You'll start to see veteran guys who are out on the market kind of get snatched up now.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, this was a bit of a audition for some of these guys, too. Like, boy, we, we coached him up for minicamp and OTAs. He still isn't really getting it. I thought he'd be a little more athletic when he was here. Might be time to call X position up and throw one more reinforcement into the mix.
1: Yeah, yeah. So this is the time of year that that'll happen. You'll start to see that market heat up a little bit. There's still a pretty good number of guys out oh, there. That, you can yeah. field a
2: decent team. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't really have a quarterback. But you, I mean, have, you, yeah. you could have guys. There's a lot of snaps that have been played by guys that are available. Yeah, it's and just some a, of them are getting over injuries. You know, right? That's right, the thing. Right.
1: You, uh, you know, the guys who are out there available right now. Um, might not have passed a physical. Might not pass a physical. Right. They might be recovering from something. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't want to play. Some of the vets are like, yeah. eh, I'll, I'll wait. I'm, I'm good. I'm good for yeah. now. Right, right. I don't want to go through. I don't need to go to training camp or anything mm-hmm. like that. You right. know, those kind of things. that.
2: Uh, I don't have a list in front of me, but you could come up easily, I bet, 20 names of quality NFL players.
1: Yeah, yeah and that aren't. will be one of the things that I think, you know, Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin sit down and talk about over the next couple of days before they, you know, go their separate ways here for a few weeks and then they'll reassess it when they get back. Yeah. Um, You know, before, as they're starting to get ready for training camp. Okay. What's our board who's available sure. out there if we have it who's a, our emergency yeah, list a training right. camp injury or whatever it may be or mm-hmm. somebody gets in trouble or whatever you know mm-hmm. any kind of contingency plan all right who are our top 10 outside linebackers Where are our top well, they 10 always have an safeties? Board yeah. all
2: throughout the year too right yeah you know that's why having a guy at camp is very valuable especially like last year when it was hard to get people in and out um and there's also the other free agents that Maybe when free agency opened, you talked to them. They overvalued themselves. The market dried up. That agent calls you back and says, "I know we were asking for two point five. What about one point seven five? You know, you wanted to pay us one point five.
0: Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: Yeah, we'll meet you.
2: Yeah, that's that's more feasible. I can handle that.
1: Yeah. So there's a lot of that kind of thing that goes on at this time of year. It's they never sleep. They, they, NFL teams never sleep. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, there's always something in motion, something going on behind the scenes.
2: Um, you yeah, know, we talked about it earlier in the show too. Like, it's soon everyone's going to go away to Disney or Tahiti or wherever they're going. But that doesn't mean their phones not ringing or they're done working either.
1: And the agents and teams will be in talks too. And I wanted to yeah. talk about that next uh, after we take a break here. Um, nothing happening yet on, on the on the TJ Watt
2: mm, front. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But that's going to heat up here as, as they get closer to training camp. Good point. Yeah, so let's talk about that when we come back. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to ongoing coverage live from Steelers minicamp here on ESPN 970. And Steelers Nation Radio, this is The Drive. We'll be back with more right after this.
0: This is live coverage of the 2021 Steelers minicamp. Live from Heinz Field on your 24-7 home for the Steelers. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio.
1: We're back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. We are what is known as The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. Of course, we're also simulcasting live on ESPN 970 as well. Uh, Stan Saverin on vacation this week, so uh, he wasn't doing his regular show. This is usually the Wesley Euler spot.
2: Oh, I guess so, yeah. yeah.
1: So, uh, Wes was doing an earlier show today, also live from Steelers training camp with, with uh, Arthur Motes, uh, but uh, that's going to be... Uh, a
2: collaborative effort this week. Absolutely,
1: but yeah. it's been a lot of fun. Uh, one guy Side who, note,
2: we won't be doing the drive tomorrow. Yes, we will with not three, have a drive tomorrow as Tuesday, we typically do. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, but uh, as I mentioned in the previous segment, one of the things the Steelers are going to be working on here over the next month as they get ready for training camp is a new contract for TJ Watt, an yeah. extension. Yeah. It's a Big deal, uh, it's a huge deal. Uh, I'm looking here at the top edge guys, what they get paid. Mm, um, big numbers, big, big numbers. You're, uh, number one is Khalil Mack. His his deal was uh, six years, $141 million. This is strictly by monetary and it cost value. Him a because, first picks. Yeah, <laughs> because right. Bosa, Joey Bosa, got five years, $135 million. I think that was
2: last offseason, that yeah. was like one year ago. So, his
1: average is $27 million a year, right. Right That's the That's, the, that's highest. the going rate Yeah, that's the going rate uh, Miles Garrett got five years $125 million.
2: I think that one was more recent than Bosa's Yeah I mean, uh, the date it was signed Yeah I think so
1: uh, Then you have Von Miller Which is, his deal's a little bit older mm-hmm. right, um, right, right, right
2: Coming off of, you know, yeah, he signed
1: it. He signed his deal at 27. He got six years, $114 million. This
2: is quarterback money you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, Demarcus Lawrence got five years, $105 million Mm -hmm. at age 26. Frank Clark got five years, $104 million at age 25.
2: So he's the one that might hasn't quite fulfilled it. I mean, he might be on the cutting block here. Trey
1: Flowers.
2: Yeah, he's in a tough situation. Five years,
1: $90 million. He signed that at age 25. Yeah,
2: I mean, that was a huge one at the time and probably not.
1: But you're looking at at what?
2: They're pretty good players. Yeah.
1: There are right now, as, as we sit here. Uh, six edge rushers who make more than twenty million dollars a year on average.
2: There's going to be seven. Pretty There's soon. going to be
1: seven pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Bosa at twenty-seven million, Garrett at twenty-five, Mack at twenty-three-five, Lawrence at twenty-one, Leonard Williams at twenty-one.
2: Yeah, he's not really even an edge. Yeah, but that's a that guy's made a lot of money for not having that many sacks. Yeah,
1: and then uh, Frank Clark at twenty point eight. Okay. Um. So if your TJ wants agent here. Are you walking into the door? uh, You're you're answering the phone with the Steelers saying, We need 27 or more.
2: I think you want to be the highest paid guy on that list. I mean, that's what I'm sitting down at the table with. And some of those, I mean, we don't have every detail of every contract, how much was guaranteed and all those type of things. I do have that. I'm sure you do. But I mean, really getting into the weeds there. You know, how much of how how do you structure it?
1: got 78 million guaranteed.
2: 78. Yeah. (laughs) That's not so bad. That's the
1: highest of that total. Khalil Mack got 60. DeMarcus Lawrence got 48. Uh, Leonard Williams got 45. Wow. Uh, Frank Clark 43. He gonna
2: get at least 50 guaranteed. Yeah,
1: that's the one thing you know. The Steelers have never, they've never been huge on giving out huge, big guarantees to non-quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Now they've done it a little more recently. Like a lot of Joe Hayden's extension a couple of years ago was okay. guaranteed was guaranteed money. Yeah. Um,
2: it's hard to avoid it.
1: it. It is hard to avoid it at this time, and you saw it with Najee Harris's contract, his rookie contract, fully guaranteed.
2: Mm, I guess that slipped past me. I didn't notice that. Okay. Yeah. Fair so enough.
1: it's a little different. That you know, people say, well, they, the they won't change a with, bit. Right, they won't yeah. change with the times. They won't do this." If you look at it, they have.
2: Kirk Cousins is fully guaranteed. Yeah, and you've seen a couple of these.
1: A fully guaranteed contract for Najee Harris. You traded a future first round draft pick. For, for Micah so. Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. You you moved up ten spots the year before that in the draft to go get Devin Bush. Right, right, right. I mean they've they've done some things that are outside the They're
2: not set in their ways. No, no. They're willing the to adapt and, and, right, and, yeah, and change yeah. with the times. Absolutely, without question. Um I do think they're a smart organization. They're not gonna they're not a a rash organization. They're not gonna just, oh, you know, we gotta do this yeah. and overreact to things. You know, they're patient. I think it's one of their biggest strengths, and I think sometimes the fan base you know, misconstrues that as being stuck in their ways. But TJ's doesn't get paid. I mean, he's not going anywhere.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think he's going anywhere at all. And people need to realize, too, that even if they don't come to a contract agreement before training camp or even uh, – they'll have up until the start of the season. Mm-hmm. And then they'll, right, they'll right. shut negotiations down once the season starts. Once they get on the, the plane to Buffalo, yeah, that's it's done. They've signed guys on the plane,
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: before or at the at the you know, the airport yeah. before getting on the plane for the There's game. There's a deadline. Yeah, deadlines get and it, it is a deadline, and, and people may you know wonder. You see other teams signing guys to extensions in season.
2: Yeah, it's not their style. It, they, don't
1: do they, do they don't do it, and they don't do it. It's a it goes back to the early days of free agency, um, and you know Dan Rooney seeing how this played out. I think it was '93. Um, there were some guys, Adrian Cooper being one of them, who was not happy that they weren't talking contract extension with him while they were talking contract extension with other guys. Yeah, yeah. And then he came out at the end of the year and said know,
2: that that, right. that
1: affected his play. Well, you don't want that. You don't want that. So right. you just have you a set rule. Yeah. Right. We and don't and talk to anybody once the season starts. I it's also not that we don't like you.
2: Yeah. We right, just right. don't do it. It's, it's, we, we could have told you that the day you signed your rookie deal. We could tell you that every year. I mean, there's a deadline. And, again, I do think deadlines get deals done, too. You know? Absolutely. That yeah. helps.
1: Hey, yeah. guy, if we don't get this done now, it's not going to get done until the end of the year. As
2: soon as this plane takes off, yeah. you better sign this thing, you know, in the tar- in the tarmac or whatever. You know what I mean? So uh, I do think that's part of it. You, you can push things a little bit quick. You know, it's not like, well, we'll get together next week. We'll, we'll hash right. this thing out. So uh, do you think there's logic behind announcing the contract when the team's all together? You know, like— Do you think it's good for morale when we're hopefully all at La Trobe and one Tuesday in the dog days of summer? I
1: I remember when the Steelers signed Lamar Woodley to his contract extension. And we're talking to Lamar. There were five or six of us talking to Lamar outside the cafeteria. And a bunch Probably of different pretty happy. A bunch he was happy yeah. and a bunch of different players coming up and congratulating him. Sure. The news had gotten out. You know, how much you know what, you want to see guys.
2: I think it's good for the locker room to do yeah. It, the, hey, the look, he, he, it.
1: Yeah, he got paid. You know, right. it's
2: this is great. You know, we He's can you know if I if I do well, guaranteed. yeah, right. if
1: I do well, I can get paid. And, you know? and it's
2: different if when everyone's on vacation and you read about it or they text each other or whatever. Yeah. Great. Congratulations, TJ. You deserved it. We love you. But if everyone's there, you make a big fuss. Yeah. And, you know, hey, every- you're
1: taking us to dinner tonight.
2: Oh, or, you know oh, yeah, heck yeah. And every, you know, every like you said. I mean, every every step he takes, I'm sure somebody's congratulating them, and everybody knows. So I would kind of. I mean, you might have it all hashed out already. I think I would announce it once everybody was together. Yeah. You know, I think there's some a uh, little bit you know boast to that.
1: But even if the Steelers can't get something done with Watt mm-hmm. before in the preseason, uh, they can't. They don't get something done with Watt by year's end or by by the time you know things come around they can still franchise they him they can
2: still franchise him right he's not
1: going he's not going to be playing anywhere else next year
2: unless he has a disaster season somehow yeah. and i, I even at, even
1: at that you're still going to want him back i mean
2: even if he's injured you yeah. can still franchise him and bring him back i mean without question so i don't know what the franchise number is for edge rushers but it's the average well, of it those was 5
1: 17 for bud this year
2: and that's a bargain for the Steelers. Yeah. i mean that's better than oh absolutely that, that's right. like
1: when the, when when the Rams signed Aaron Donald. Yep.
2: That's one of the f- when
1: they franchised him, I'm like it was a it was an absolute bargain.
2: Yeah. And it's one of the problems with the franchise tag. If you're Jordan, LeBron, Lemieux and you're just getting the average of the top 5 dudes, like <laughs> I'm way better than everybody, you know. Yeah. Aaron Donald's one of the few that absolutely meets that criteria. Watts not far off.
1: Well, let's I'm talk not- about okay. Um the, the top guys are Bosa, Mac, Lawrence, these are top value. This is uh
2: Per season. Uh,
1: let's go average per season. Okay. I think that's how they figured it. I'm so not it's, positive. So it's Bosa. Wait. Per se- I'm going average. Mack, per I
2: season. think, was first, wasn't he?
1: Bosa's tops at 27. Okay. Uh, Miles Garrett is second at 25. Khalil Mack at 23-5. Demarcus Lawrence at 21. Leonard Williams at 21. Frank Clark at 28.
2: So it's probably like 22-ish. 23-ish. Somewhere in that Somewhere range. Somewhere like that,
1: yeah. I mean, where would you put T.J. Watt in in that pecking order of those guys
2: i think it's a coin flip between him and garrett i think khalil Mack's still awesome but because of his age he's, he's not the, worth uh, as much as Mack
1: that. is really the only guy on that list who does something similar to, to true, Watt. what i mean he's the only guy on the other guys are all listed as defensive ends
2: leonard williams is nothing like him right and leonard williams is much much closer to cam or to it so if, if, if you're the identical.
1: steelers you're, are you looking at that and going okay Khalil Mack's an outside linebacker. You're an outside linebacker. Because this was the argument that they had with Bud Dupree. I know. When
2: they, they, they franchised, him, he's
1: franchised him, he's a, he's, a, he's a an outside linebacker. So the top outside linebacker in the league is getting 23-5. Mm-hmm.
2: Mack actually will drop into coverage. Right. Miles Garrett's not. Lawrence isn't. Yeah. You know. Um, I don't know. If I'm the agent, I'm going to say that's lovely. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're paying me to set the edge and rush the passer. If you so choose to drop me into coverage – a little more than Lawrence or whoever. I'm glad to do it, but don't by any means think that, you know, I'm an outside linebacker or like a 4-3 Levante David. You you would
1: think the guys who can drop in the coverage would be a little bit more valuable.
2: Well, remember this Gilden conversation we had at camp a couple years ago, and he said, you know, uh, we were amongst the sack leaders, a lot of our edge guys, but we dropped 50% of the time or 33%. I forget what the number he said. They don't have as many pass rush opportunities. And if they're still leading the league in sacks, well, you know, I think if I'm the the agent, I come in and say sacks per pass rush. Here's my numbers compared to the rest of the league. He might be number one.
1: He'd probably number one. Probably number
2: one. Probably better than everyone on that list. Well,
1: he led the league in sacks last year. Or
2: pressures. Yeah, right. He he led the league
1: in pressures by like 15, Mm -hmm. you know.
2: Or, you know, I, I, I only play, I only rush the passer 30 times a game. But I'm still getting home two of them or whatever. Yeah, and bro. I'm getting double teamed all the time. And holding <laughs> legal now, and I get held more than the world. I asked too, him about.
1: Whatever. I asked him about that earlier in the week. I'm like, I said, hey, did you realize holding penalties were down a full holding well, I a, bet he did. a full penalty? And He goes, I'm just glad somebody else noticed it because I thought it was just me. <laughs> I, you know, I said, do, do you guys as as edge rushers as pass rushers. You need to get together, you know, petition the league or something yeah. here. You know, Hey, hey, what about us? It's bad. Because yeah. sacks were down across the board last year. I mean, he led the league with 15 sacks. That was the lowest total in a long time. No, without
2: question. And
1: and it's not because there aren't good pass rushers in the league right now.
2: That's the problem. There's too many good ones. <laughs> that's why buildings <laughs> yeah. become legal. It's the only way to make it fair. Uh, maybe I would change my tune if I was sitting in Cleveland or Chicago right now, Mac Garrett. But I got to think that nobody got held more than Watt. I mean, I saw every snap of him. I did not see every snap of the other guy. The only
1: guy who might be close is Aaron Donald. I'm just say the yeah. edge guys, but yeah,
2: yeah I'm sure. I, I mean, there were so many blatant ones that the ref looks right at that are he's legal, climbing legal up off now. the ground
1: like with his hands in the air, going, "I just right. got tackled."
2: I just got tackled, or you know, not, I don't have action. the
1: fu- I don't have the football, and I just got
2: tackled. <laughs> right. That's
1: supposed to be often, illegal.
2: Often, <laughs> and that's the league we're in. I mean, I don't think it's going to change dramatically, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Well, last year was the was the outlier. If mm-hmm. you look at the stats, oh, it's drastically worse. You know, it's always been around you know, 2.5 to 2.7 mm-hmm. holding penalties per game. Last year, it dropped all the way down to 1.7. That's
2: a huge percentage. It's a huge doesn't percentage. sound like much, and we've had this conversation. I mean, there's together. there's
1: how many games are there? 16 times 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, now one it's six. holding
2: penalty different per game is a drive killer. That's one less drive. One, one less, less drive possession. killer. That's like one more interception per game. Yeah, not exactly. I mean, it's not apples to apples, but. If someone goes from, I don't know, your interception numbers go from 16 to 25 or 16 to 30, all of a sudden this guy's terrible and you lose all these games. You know, (laughs) it's not much different.
1: Yeah, uh, and it's probably one less – Score. It's one less scoring
2: opportunity. Exactly. Be
1: quite yeah. frank. I mean, exactly. you're you know you're getting you're going not. yeah you're going, from, there, yeah, you're going you're right. from being in second and eight to mm-hmm. the third and, and eighteen. That's a huge difference.
2: Not to mention on that second and eight, where a flag should have come out, that team might have scored a touchdown. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I had an extra second to throw. Corner couldn't keep up. And, you know, let alone, the, let alone the
1: holds on a running play. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, he sealed the edge there. Well, how did he do it? Well, he tackled the guy on the edge. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and holds are nothing new. And, yeah. you know, even when I was a kid, people would tell you, we could call a hold on every play. Fair enough. But when the numbers go down by 40% or whatever it is, it, it'd be tough to be T.J. Watt.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's no fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, when you, you work, you put in the season work and, you know, you're getting held on every play and you still average a sack per game.
2: Right. I mean, it almost be like if we, in basketball, if they made the the the, the hole that you have to shoot in a little smaller. You're yeah. Like, hey, you know, cool. but it's
1: cool. But it's the same for the other guys. <laughs>
2: right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, the other team's cool with
1: it. Yeah, you're, you're playing at a disadvantage yeah. uh, for sure.
2: And I'm sure, hey, some Steeler offensive linemen benefited from it, too. Absolutely. <laughs> There's Absolutely. no question about
1: it. Um, but I don't know what a holding penalty is anymore.
2: I think it's legal.
1: I think it, if, if, <laughs> by and large, yes. Unless, yeah. it, that's the thing. It, it's either legal or it's not.
2: Right, like that you it, can't
1: just randomly. Well, that play is it's okay, but this one is not. Mm-hmm. Like when it are couldn't you throw, have been an yeah. accident. It
2: had to somehow come from the league office. There's not a whether doubt in they my mind, yeah. admit it or not, because it's too heavy of a trend. Yeah, you know, yeah.
1: not not a doubt in my mind. But uh, DJ Watt is going to get paid. We'll see if that gets done before the season starts this mm-hmm. year. But if not, um, they'll have time after the season, and they still have the franchise tag available to them.
2: Yeah, and it's not a bad move. No, I mean it's actually pretty cost effective. It's actually, you, it, you know, it's, it's actually better. cheaper if if mm-hmm. they,
1: you know, and they, but they've got the cap space going in next year.
2: But they they also need, but then Minka's a problem though, right?
1: Minka doesn't make no, his Minka's salary is already on the books for 2022.
2: Oh right, that's right. 78 I mean wrong, million sorry. dollars right,
1: in right, cap right, space right. that they have mm-hmm. available going into next season. Already includes Minka's fifty-year option. Minka's one of those guys under contract. Yeah. Watt is not right. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah I so right. Yeah, it's not the not the huge deal that a lot of people think that. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, well, they got to sign them both. They don't have to sign them
2: both. No, they don't. They don't. I mean, they have time. They have and time. options and yeah, right, yeah, tags.
1: Yeah, but uh, we're gonna take another break. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lolly. You're listening to the Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We're also being simulcast live on ESPN 970. We'll be back to finish up the show right after this.
0: This is live coverage of the 2021 Steelers minicamp, live from Heinz Field, on your 24/7 home for the Steelers, SNR Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm
1: Dale Lolly here with Matt Williamson. We're bringing up the uh,
0: last the segment rear here. of the
2: of the camp. Right? Yeah,
1: we're we're, we're the uh, cleanup hitters on this whole mm-hmm. thing and uh, cleaning up it. And so let's let's talk about the minicamp itself, Matt, in the yeah. offseason. Uh, I know you didn't get to see a ton of practices. I did. I think I saw every OTA and every minicamp practice, but two. Okay. Because we were only allowed to have one person per outlet at each uh, OTA session. That opened up a little bit for minicamp. So I did let uh, Chris Carter from DK Pittsburgh Sports went to one, and Dayon Kovacevic went to another one that I didn't go to, just to give them an opportunity to get down and see what some of these guys look like. Uh, So I saw a lot. Yeah. what uh, what perception maybe did you go in out of let's say post draft um, that you've now gotten an opportunity to see some of these guys see what things look like on the hoof um, just did, the nature of it our changed? business yeah
2: you know post draft we think we know but we don't really know know you yeah. know and even the players you've watched them on tape. We did 8,000 mock drafts leading up to the draft and often with Harris as the Steelers' first-round pick.
1: And green somewhere in the equation. Yeah, Yeah,
2: right, exactly. You know, I mean, center and, and, you know, tackles are off. You know, we're going to be Steelers. Didn't know which ones, things like that. But I got to admit, I mean, I, I said this the first day. The day, I, the second I sat down, I put my binoculars to, to see Najee, you know, and say, does he look like I think he did? You know, I mean, I'm, I'm a lot closer. It's today. It's not taped from the national championship game or whatever. Um, a lot of things I can't bring up, I think that we've been pretty much dead on in our speculation. There was a surprise or two with some personnel usage and some formations and things that I was... I'll just say I was pleasantly surprised, you know, that I didn't know if we'd see that or not. Um, I was up in the press box, but it sure seemed like spirits and energy were very, very high, you know, and the day was wonderful. It wasn't pouring and nasty and (laughs) overcast, so it probably made it a little easier. But I would think if you're a player and you're in just for this short amount of time, it's a great little digestible way to learn a couple important things. And I've said this all week in every outlet I've been on, it blows me away that some teams canceled them I mean the Houston Texans didn't think they needed this. you know I mean like there's yeah. a lot to gain from this i I don't understand e- even taking one day off.
1: it is amazing um may Joner uh, who's follows us both on twitter mm-hmm. uh, uh tweeted at us uh but from a big man on campus uh, from sports info s i s um that uh, they they put together most and least valuable skills by s i s okay. Sports Information Solutions. Sports Information Solutions. That, right. This is their wins against replacement, 2018 to 2020. Okay. The highest average wins against replacement is a quarterback, your number one quarterback throwing the football. Okay. Number two, and number two, yeah, obviously. Of course. Number two most valuable is the running back running the football. Yeah. Uh, your starter is that much better than your backup running Interesting the to me,
2: and I appreciate the tweet, and I looked at it before, and I'm glad you brought it up. I, I would like to delve more into this and how did they come up with this because people that do the same thing as SIS will always tell you running backs don't matter, throw them all in there, blah, blah, blah. You can
1: find running backs anywhere. Right, right.
2: Know. I mean, one one thing I I noticed too, this is a little bit off topic, but I wanted to bring it up, was this is kind of a fantasy nugget that it's a pro football focus thing, but the top five Ranked offensive lines and Pro Football Focus produced four of the highest scoring fantasy rushers. The bottom five lines produced four of the most highly productive rushers. The Dalvin Cooks of the world, yeah, you know, like right. Running backs matter. I mean, to me, that tells me running backs matter. That's been, right? you know what Minnesota I mean.
1: Minnesota has been my number one.
2: Yeah, you reference them a lot. Reference
1: right? when people say that. Well, the, the Steelers aren't going to be able to run the ball if they don't upgrade their offensive line. No, a great running back.
2: It goes a long way. way. <laughs> Let's talk about Minnesota for a second. Because first of all, their first pick was Christian Derrissaw. Yeah. They come back two rounds later and take Davis, the guard, out of Ohio State. I bet both start as rookies. Um, their line was a problem. But if you really study the Vikings, I'm big on yards per play. Their offense was at the top of the league in yards per play last year. Their defense was at the bottom. There wasn't a team in the league that had a bigger discrepancy. They were like in the top three and the bottom three on defense. Yet, <laughs> they, they still addressed the offensive line and could even get better. I mean, again, it just shows me to me that Cook was a driving force on that line. And it wasn't like they had Patty Mahomes. With all respect to Kirk Cousins, he's a good player. But it wasn't like quarterback was Superman and just elevated them to this amazing, you know, yards per play situation.
1: Yeah, and the other thing about it is, you know, Cook missed a couple of games last mm-hmm. year, and Alexander Madison had to step in and play instead. Who isn't bad. Who's not a bad runner, running back, but he's not Dalvin Cook, and we saw that right. when they didn't have Dalvin Cook. Madison averaged like 1.8 yards a carry right, behind right. that same offensive line. Uh,
2: to me, that's a great example of – a replacement level back, which doesn't mean he's terrible. I right. mean, he's a, he, the Steelers could have used Alexander Madison last year. it would have been useful or the year before. But verse a star. I mean, yeah. it was night and day.
1: And I think, and I believe you're on the same wavelength here, Najee Harris is going to be a star.
2: Oh, I think so, too. And the Steelers think so. Yeah, I mean, they took him as a first back off the board. It wasn't like there was a run and they had to grab him. You know, I mean, they, they, they chose to start the run. Um, they told you everything they need to know what they think of him as a prospect.
1: 10 years ago, he goes in the top 10.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And maybe, maybe even earlier. And maybe, maybe, or top maybe five. more recently, yeah. I'm saying, right? I mean, like, Fournette was a top five pick. I mean, he's he, better than Fournette. And he was a better prospect than Fournette, especially as a receiver. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you probably, if that class comes out 10 years ago, there's two or three backs definitely in the first round, probably three still. And yeah. Sermon's a second rounder. Harris goes in the top 12, 10, something like that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah without question. Yeah, it, yeah. Even more, I mean, more so. I mean, uh, the year that I was w- with the the Browns, there was uh, Cadillac, Cedric Benson, and Ronnie Brown, and that wasn't that uncommon back then. No, Bags that was an early, an yeah. Then. Right, right, right. Um, you know, uh,
1: great backs make a great offense.
2: There's an awful lot of them in the Hall of Fame, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, including a few from here in Pittsburgh. So yeah, yeah, I, I think uh, you know Steeler fans are going to be really—I I don't want to say pleasantly surprised because you know we're hyping it up. I think a lot of people are hyping it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that uh, a lot I of people he's are going to always cracked be happy up to there. be, is all you know. Yeah. All I'm say. yeah, and really, you know, folks, there's not much difference between the 24th pick and the 40th pick. Oh. there's no. In fact, there's there's Fair less dif- There's less difference between pick 24 and 40 than there is between pick 24 and pick five.
2: Or even 10 or 12. Yeah. Without question. That's a huge – that's – That's a Terrell Edmonds conversation we right. had. You know, it's like, uh, okay, maybe he shouldn't be one of the top 32 players on uh, Mel's board or DJ's board or whatever. But he ain't much different than the 50th guy. Yeah. You know, just because he happens to go in round one. I I always use the the Fredericks, uh, the center from Dallas's argument. Travis Frederick. Travis yeah. Frederick. They they killed Dallas. You can't use a first round pick on a center. I think it was a thirty first pick in the draft. If they had taken him three picks later, they traded Nobody down. Nobody says They'd a word so about smart. it, yeah. right? And it's so it's <laughs> foolish. <laughs> and if the seals were traded down, they would not have gotten Harris. No, they would not have. They no. had to make. The, they, they had to make the their move fingers then. crossed. He got there. Yeah, ran to the podium and took no time to do it. Right.
1: Yeah. Um. In in terms of the other things that I saw down there, I think this. I think the secondary depth, it's
2: gonna be intriguing.
1: Is intriguing. I think yeah. it's better than what what the national perception is.
2: I think they like it better than the national perception. Yeah, I'll just leave it. At Same that. thing with their
1: offensive line depth.
2: Yes, agreed. Um The kid they picked up from the guy they picked up from the Coward. Bears, like he can play. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's not just a throwaway guy. He's gonna be in the mix if there's injuries. You know, they're really good at guard, but. I mean we were talking about this too like I think they have 10 offensive linemen that are probably NFL players. And I'm not even sure I'm including Haas on that list. Yeah. What you know? they
1: don't have is what which is what they had before is maybe some of the star power there.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But they've got better depth than I think a lot of teams around the league. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe it's a lot of it's unproven. But they're NFL players.
2: Yeah, yeah, and we had this conversation. There's too. other
1: camps around the league. They're getting done with mini camp, and they're going. We got, we got six. We got four right, we NFL offensive linemen, or six, or right. you yeah. Know. I think
2: they have guys that won't embarrass themselves. They might not be John Hanna or Randy yeah. Uh But again, this is key for preseason. You know, we, were, we had a good conversation yesterday about you trot out a bad offensive line in the second quarter of game two in the preseason. You're not getting any scouting analysis done. Yeah, you know, you're not, you don't know you're not Mason looking Rudolph at or yeah. You're not or looking not. at
1: Dwayne Haskins. And you go, boy, he looked really bad today. Well, he didn't have any time to throw.
2: Right, right. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's really a GM's job. Is you better go to camp with two full lines that you can run plays with? Yeah. I mean, if I can't run a play, then I'm not learning a thing.
1: Right. I'm just that, trying to get out of
2: this game without getting hurt.
1: Yeah, let alone that. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think so. That I think that is better than than uh, I think a lot of people think um, the wide receiver depth is what is what we thought it was i mean i think they're the top guys are strong the top guys are right. strong yeah. yeah
2: i expect claypool to be a better player this year too
1: yeah um Muth, to me looks like a guy who could contribute this year
2: i think so too yeah, yeah i mean I don't, i'm not going to talk about his usage but i think he's in the mix yeah heavily definitely heavily in the mix heavily.
1: I, I think right. you know if i had to set an over under right now on snaps heat plays this year
2: I'm gonna go forty percent.
1: I was gonna say five hundred, somewhere okay, yeah. in that
2: range. Yeah, and we're in the same neighborhood. Yeah, it depends how many offensive snaps they play. Um, they were very low in twelve personnel usage last year, and when and one of them's Ebron. You know, like right. you know, talk about why is the running game not so good? One of the reasons is you don't have a blocker out there. You yeah, got, you're playing you with five rec-
1: blockers, and you're handing
2: the ball to one guy. Yeah, the quarterback's not blocking anyone. <laughs> Ebron and three receivers are. Maybe collectively blocking one guy or two guys. I mean, just do the math.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it, that's what it comes down to. becomes a simple issue here, and I know a lot of fans, a lot of Steeler fans, aren't happy with Eric Ebron. Mm-hmm. You Remember can't
2: what is, right?
1: ask him to do those things.
2: No, he, don't he's ask never him going to do to things. That guy, yeah. right.
1: Uh, but if you ask him on on third and five to get you six yards, okay, that's you know, sure. and he doesn't get it, then get mad at him. Right, but right, don't right, get right. mad at him because you, you say, hey, go, go, go seal the edge on Chase Young here. And it doesn't happen. <laughs> it
2: doesn't happen. And some of it's because the guys b- below him on the tight end death chart just weren't nearly as good as him. So why would I take the better guy off? But think about if you're in 12 personnel with Harris, Ebron, Friermuth, and pick two receivers. If you get base there, you're going to be really happy that Ebron's on the field. Yeah, because right. he's going to be exploiting a big, heavy, strong safety or a bigger, bigger heavier linebacker. And you still can run out of the, that formation pretty well. So yeah, this gives them a lot more options.
1: They they have options, a, a lot of options. They have mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of options offensively and defensively. Um, I'm not quite so sure that they don't have good inside linebacker depth.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, just to take one quick step back, the more I've looked at it, the more the first four picks, the offensive group, I'm very excited about. Yeah. Where before, I was like, Okay, you, know, we, you and I like Green, we like Harris, you know, we never really mentioned Friermouth a ton going up to the draft, but when you see the puzzle come together, it's prettier than four puzzle pieces. It's a, it's a pretty, you know, when I mean, all four of them is a, a lovely portrait, you know. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So the, the I'm I'm interested to see how this all comes together at training camp, but that is going to do it for our mini camp coverage. We appreciate you listening here. On ESPN 970 and Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be coming back at you next week with more on Steelers Nation Radio. You can always hear us there. Uh, But that's going to do it for Matt Williamson, for uh, Jacob Reck here in sight, keeping us on the air. I'm Dale Lally. We appreciate you listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio and ESPN 970.